Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Usually on Tuesday, we do top five, bottom five. Things a little bit out of sorts uh, with me being out in L.A. So I want to do that to start off the show here on the Wednesday edition of the program as we get ready for the next weekend of the NFL. And things have gotten a lot harder, I would say, at the top of the NFL food chain with the 49er loss and with uh, the big win by the Saints I think there's some uncertainty about who the best teams are. So I have gone into the laboratory. I have dove into all of my analysis, and I am prepared to give you the top five teams in the NFL beyond a shadow of a doubt as we get ready for the next weekend. I think, by the way, it's going to get a little bit more challenging to do top five, bottom five, in particular in the final week of the year. So I think this weekend coming up is probably your last best chance to rate teams because then things can start to move and go in different directions, right? Whether you say uh, from an analysis perspective, hey, if the Ravens go out and they beat the Browns and they lock up the overall number one seed, how can you really assess them in the final week of the season, even with another bye week coming up? Same thing true, by the way, of the Patriots. If the Patriots get the win over the Bills, they're kind of locked up. Do you really pay attention to what happens in the final week of the season? For them, they don't have a lot of reason to play. Uh, the, 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 the AFC playoff picture in general could be really set in stone almost uh, with only the uncertainty as to whether the Steelers or the Titans are going to get in as the final playoff bid in the final week of the season. And even in that game, 
The Texans may not be playing. The Ravens may not be playing in the final week of the season. So trying to assess, I'm just saying, coming down the stretch run of the season, this could be, this week coming up, our last best chance to figure all that out. So as we head into the next to last weekend of the season, this could be our last chance to actually determine who the best teams are. I think the best team in the NFL is is a foregone conclusion. There's no suspense right now. It's the Baltimore Ravens, and it is Lamar Jackson as their quarterback who is going to be the MVP. Now, I'm going to talk later in the show, and it's been a big topic for a while, about how sustainable this Ravens run is with this iteration of how they're playing. But right now, does it matter? Right now, the Ravens are the best team in the NFL, and as long as Lamar Jackson stays healthy, we don't have to worry about next year or the year after. The offense that they are putting out onto the field and the defense that they are playing with that offense is the best in the NFL, and I don't even think there's really an argument at all that there is a better team in the entirety of the NFL than the Ravens. They should be the favorites to win the Super Bowl right now. So we got the Ravens as the number one overall seed in the outkick top five, and I think there's a pretty big gap after the Ravens based on the way they're playing right now. Unless they go out and they are just atrocious against the Browns. Now remember the Browns did beat them earlier in the season, but unless the Ravens go out and they are just atrocious against the Browns, they're going to finish our season as the number one team in the outkick top five. Ravens number one team in the two spot. I've still got the 49ers number two overall, and I understand they had that tough loss. Julio Jones gets the catch at the goal line, And they found a way to lose that game. And they had no business losing that game. But the reality is for the 49ers, if they win out, if they beat the Rams and if they beat the Seahawks, they're going to be the overall number one one seed in the NFL. And really, this game against the Falcons won't matter. And when I look at the 49ers' resume, with the fact that their loss is to the Ravens, all right, which is why I've got the Ravens number one overall, but the 49ers handled the Packers. They handled really, really easily the Rams already once this season. They just went on the road and won in the Superdome against the Saints. I think you have to put the 49ers at the number two overall spot, even though I'm a bit nervous and apprehensive about how exactly things might go coming down the stretch with them. Just in my mind, I've got them, and I don't think it's that difficult of a decision. Uh, In the second spot, I've got the 49ers. Now, uh, I just said I've got the 49 Third spot is what I meant to say. In the third spot, I've got the Saints. And the reason I've got the Saints in the third spot is they narrowly lost to the 49ers. And they were absolutely phenomenal against the Colts. And so I have got the Saints locked in as my number three overall team. And then in the four spot, I think uh, the New England Patriots. Even though I'm a bit apprehensive about them, I've got the Patriots in the four spot uh, until Tom Brady and the Patriots are eliminated. A part of me feels like they still have to be the overall favorite to win uh, in uh, the NFL. Until that happens, I've got the Patriots in the four spot. And I certainly think that given their history, it's hard to count them out in the AFC no matter what. So I've got the Patriots sliding in at the four spot. Big game for them against the Bills this weekend. And then I have got the Chiefs at the five spot. Now, I understand Seahawks fans are going to be in an uproar over this, the fact that I've got the Chiefs ranked above the Seahawks. I feel better about the Chiefs right now 
than I do the Seahawks. I feel like the 10-1 and in close games for the Seahawks, one-score games, is at some point going to catch up with them. I know the Seahawks are the number one overall team right now, but I feel better about the Chiefs, the way they are playing. Remember, one uh, the Chiefs played a couple of games without Patrick Mahomes, went 1-1 one and one in those games. And I know there are Packer fans out there with their hands thrown up saying, wait a minute, you don't have the number one team in the NFC or the number two team in the NFC in your top five? And yes, that's accurate. I have got as my top five right now, Ravens one, 49ers two, Saints three, Patriots four, Chiefs five, and then I have got the Seahawks six, and I have got the Packers seven. And by the way, I would have the Texans in the eight spot there, I think, in terms of trying to rank teams. Maybe I'd have the Vikings. I think the Vikings and the Texans are almost interchangeable. I'd probably have the Vikings above the Texans. So just to make everybody not be angry out there, as, the, as you're filled with, uh, with, with, with anger and as you reach out your uh, – your phones to go tweet me. I'm at Clay Travis, by the way. You should be following me. Here is my top eight in order, okay? Number one overall, the Ravens. Number two overall, the 49ers. Third spot, I've got the Saints. Fourth spot, I've got the Patriots. In the five slot, I've got the Chiefs. Then I've got the Seahawks, followed by the Packers. They are my they are my uh, seven. Then I've got the Vikings as my eight and the Texans as my nine seed. That is my top nine right now in the NFL. I think you can make a strong argument that the Seahawks, the Packers, or the Vikings have the goods right now to be in the top five. But again, my top five, Ravens, 49ers, Saints, Patriots, and Chiefs in that order. All right, that is the list of happiness. That is the list of glee. That is the list of great, good dreams as you get into bed and get ready for Santa to come to town a week from today. What about the bottom five? Well, the bottom five is the list of sadness. I want to give credit here as I start the list of sadness to the Miami Dolphins, who have managed to almost fight their way out of the top five after being for so long uh, accused of tanking for Tua. They are at 28 on my list of sadness. The 28th best team in the NFL is the Miami Dolphins. The 29th spot, I've got the Detroit Lions. They have announced that Matt Patricia is going to come back. Kind of tough to judge them in general because of the difficulty with the injury to Matthew Stafford and the fact that basically since Matthew Stafford was injured, it's been hard to judge this team in general. In the 29th spot, I have got the Detroit Lions. 30th spot. How about the New York Giants? Congrats to Eli Manning getting a win to get back to even on his his all-time career record. I believe Eli unquestionably a Hall of Famer, but I have got him at the 30th spot overall right now with the Giants. Obviously, a lot of those performances from Daniel Jones, but the bottom three, 28th spot, the Miami Dolphins, 29th spot, I've got the Detroit Lions, 30th spot, I have got the Giants, 31st spot, I've got the Washington Redskins. Now, interestingly, in an awful game in the NFC East, we have got the Giants and the Redskins going head-to-head Uh, the 30th team against the 31st team, and the Redskins are favored in that game, by the way. Uh, But that is an awful game that if you are going to be watched, it is just a sign that you care way too much about your team, and also you probably need a little bit of hobbies. A little bit of hobbies if you're going to be watching the Giants and Redskins this weekend. And then the worst team in the NFL right now, the Cincinnati Bengals. And they have won the Joe Burrow sweepstakes. They are going to have the opportunity to go draft Joe Burrow, at least for Cincinnati fans out there. 
and I know you exist, and I, I feel for you Bengals fans and uh, how much you have remained committed to your team. I really like Joe Burrow. So I think while it's disappointing to be awful and it stinks to be as bad as the Bengals are as we sit at 1-13 on the season, at least knowing that you've got Joe Burrow coming, you can sit back and watch that playoff game against Oklahoma. I think the LSU will win that. And then you'll be able to watch him try to win a national championship against either the Clemson Tigers or the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I think that'll be a fabulous game down in New Orleans. That is my list of sadness. The bottom five teams in the NFL in order, the Miami Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, the uh, New York Giants, the uh, Washington Redskins, and the Cincinnati Bengals. That, my friends, is the list of sadness. So top five, bottom five is done. It's in the books. Those of you who were tweeting, asking for it yesterday, you get it to start. Here we go with the top five, bottom five in the NFL. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com tirerack.com the way tire buying should be it's a confident show particularly when we're joined by todd Furman, uh who is on lock it in with me he's in la also with me as well so appreciate you being here Furman. uh let me ask you this as we uh as we roll through the nfl season as we get ready for nfl week 16 i just ran through my top five and bottom five in the nfl uh, you're in studio with me here, so I'm going to show you that list. You can see it. Let's start with this question. Who do you think will represent the AFC, and who do you think will represent the NFC in in the uh, in the Super Bowl? Well, I, I think when you're looking at some of these games and the way they're setting up, I mean, the real question becomes in the AFC, can the Baltimore Ravens use last year's loss against the Chargers as a learning experience to get over the hump this year and ultimately win the entire conference. It looks like they're going to have home field advantage throughout the AFC, which means New England, Kansas City, or whoever else you believe may be able to wear that Cinderella slipper is going to have to go through Baltimore to make it happen. I'm still of the mindset that if Kansas City is able to figure out its rushing attack somewhere along the way, whether it's the final two weeks of the regular season or even potentially in a wild card game that'll be on the road, they become one of the most dangerous outs in the entire AFC, given the fact that the defense is really coming around, you've seen this secondary step up, and while there's all sorts of skepticism about their ability or inability to stop the run, that if they can get a lead and force Baltimore to play from behind, they're going to be in very good shape. As far as the NFC is concerned, it's anybody's guess because the 49ers went healthy, in my opinion, are the most complete football team. But that's the $100 million question. And if they were to lose either one of the next two weeks, I know we talked a little bit about it earlier in the week on the show, going on the road in the NFC, I think, is a death sentence if you can't get that opening round by. You look at the Saints, they're dealing with a rash of defensive injuries, but a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees that can put the team on his back and get them where they need to go. And then we look at some of the other teams that'll be there. Do you believe in Dallas? Can they put it all together for three weeks? I'm skeptical there despite their talent level. And when you look elsewhere, maybe Minnesota if Dalvin Cook is healthy. I think the NFC is a lot more compelling theater because unlike past years, it's not as though we have a true clear-cut favorite in either side of the draw. All right, the biggest game in the NFC this weekend and really the only drama that's probably going to be left in the NFC playoff picture is who's going to win between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Uh, the NFC East likely to be decided, although I understand if you're an Eagles fan, you maybe should be a little bit nervous about that final week game because you could certainly see the Eagles winning against the Cowboys and then managing to lose against the Giants. But let's presume that it's going to decide the NFC East and therefore the final playoff spot in uh, the NFL. Who do you like here, the Eagles or the Cowboys? 
I think this is one of the toughest games to try and handicap of the entire weekend. You look at the number, and it's trended towards Dallas, a full field goal favorite. Last week, if this game had taken place, you'd be talking about the game in a pick So clearly the market has responded to Dallas's resounding win against the Rams. Meanwhile, for the second time in as many weeks, Philadelphia needs to hang on, smoke and mirrors, call it what you will, being clutch, beating inferior opponents in the waning seconds of football games that they should have easily dispatched. Now, the $100 million question, and I think we everyone has asked this all season long, Dallas on its best days is as good as any team in the NFL. We just don't see enough of those best days consistently from the Cowboys, whether it's the play calling on offense, whether it's the inconsistency on defense. I think at three, the Eagles make sense as a value bet, knowing that the market has responded. But it's hard to argue the talent angle that people are going to take, going Dallas is better at nearly every single position of the starting 22. But I'll take Doug Peterson over Jason Garrett in a game of this magnitude. And I think when nobody wants a part of Philadelphia, they can play with a chip on their shoulder. It wouldn't shock me at all if the Eagles win this game outright as a home underdog. So how would you break down going forward what's going to happen in the uh, in the AFC? It appears now, basically, with the Colts' loss on Monday night, that effectively the only two teams that could snag that final playoff spot are the Titans and the Steelers. It's around 50-50 if you look at the market in terms of who's favored to be that overall number six seed as again the bills barring a collapse by the patriots are locked in at the five who do you think should be favored there as you look at their final two uh the steelers go on the road for their both of their final two games they go to the new york to play the jets and then they finish on the road against the ravens ravens could be sitting their starters we'll see what happens there uh versus the titans who have the saints this weekend and then go on the road against the texans to finish out I think the Titans have to be considered substantial favorites. I mean, I know the current numbers at Fox Bet don't suggest that, but when you look at the Titans, I think they have an excellent chance to knock off the Saints. They get New Orleans off that emotional high in a short week. We know the Saints, when they go out on the road, their offense isn't as dynamic, so it puts a lot more pressure on their defense. And when that side of the ball is a little bit banged up, I have some real concerns. I think this is the perfect opportunity to buy low on the Titans. You could have sold their stock last week against the Texans. Now you want to buy back in. Meanwhile, the Steelers were exposed a little bit. Duck Hodges is going to have to win one of these next two games on the road. Let's see what the Ravens put forth in Week 17. I'm not sure if the Steelers even get through the Jets this weekend. So I think the Titans ultimately get into the playoffs. And what better scenario than if the NFL got to see the Texans against the Titans for the third time in four weeks with those teams going head-to-head. But we'll see ultimately how it plays out. I think Kansas City right now has the inside track at the three. So the Texans, by default, would end up in the four and then five, six. Not quite sure the permutations there, but it looks like the Titans most likely would finish in the six with Buffalo finishing as the five seed. How do you assess and handicap whether teams are going to play their starters down the stretch in terms of, let's say, for instance, that the Ravens beat the Browns this weekend and they lock up the number one overall seed. And let's say that the Texans also beat uh, the, 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 the Bucks and lock up the AFC South. Then you still have games going on and there could be a lot at stake for both the Steelers and the Titans. And meanwhile, both the teams that they're playing against may be taking it easy on them, relatively speaking. How in the world do you handicap that? Well, the numbers will come up a lot later for Week 17 than what they would earlier in the season. But we've seen countless instances where books will shade those numbers. 
I mean, Eli Manning and the New York Giants have lost games that they everyone thought they were going to win. The Minnesota Vikings last year, all they had to do, and I say that facetiously, all you had to do is beat the Bears at home to get into the playoffs. They lose that game. And with that must-win mentality, oddsmakers know they're going to force you to play pay a premium if you want to bet on those particular sides. And it's all about trying to figure out the value opportunities versus a game that you might just want to stay away from. But I think when you look at the National Football League, even some of these backups matched up against starters, there's no pressure on them. And oftentimes you get a Herculean effort. They want to try and go out there and play spoiler, and it really changes the dynamic. But I think when you look at a team like Baltimore, and you're going to want to look at some of the coaching precedent and the history that's out there, I can't see a scenario where regardless of if Baltimore has the number one overall seed wrapped up, where they would bench their entire starters in week 17, knowing that they had a bye week coming, because I think it's rest versus rust. Yes, if you have to play like the Texans will in back-to-back weeks, give your starters a half off, maybe a full game. But if we're talking about essentially two full weeks off and three weeks between live action, NFL players, like any other athlete, are a creature of habit, and I think you do more of a disservice. Yes, you take the risk of injury out of the equation, but you also eliminate some of that sharpness, and we know all it takes is one bad player, poor decision in the playoffs where things can get spiraled out of control. We're talking to Todd Furman. You can follow him on Twitter, at Todd Furman. You can watch him on Lock It In with me daily, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific. We are out in L.A., uh, for Lock It In marketing and related uh, skits and, and shoots and everything else that's going on. Year two, how would you assess uh, what daily television has been like? Uh, I think the show has been a lot more entertaining. Uh, my performance has been nothing short of horrific, and I'm thoroughly embarrassed week in, week out. So if I could back that part out of the equation, I think the chemistry has continued to improve. I mean, we feel like a true family with the four of us, and whether it's on set or some of the skits that we've done that'll get rolled out in time for the holidays. You look at it and people go, man, you guys really feel like you get along. Some of that chemistry comes through. And we can say with 100% honesty that it's not feigned, it's not faked, that there's a genuine like for us. And the banter comes, the competition is real. And when I'm getting my ass handed to me by you and Cousin Sal, it stings a lot more. But thankfully, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Cousin Sal has secured every single NFL future out there. So when the Ravens win the Super Bowl, I'll be okay. And as you know all too well, once the Buckeyes win the national championship in college football, I can put the first 16 week struggles to bed and ultimately the gambling gods will hopefully smile upon me and I won't continue to lose games by a half point here or a yard and a half there as it pertains let's to talk problems. let's talk college football for a second because you got two major games that are set and the lines are really kind of telling us an interesting story LSU nearly a two touchdown favorite I think they are a touchdown two touchdown favorite at some places 13 and a half 14 that number seems to have settled on in their game against Oklahoma and then Clemson is around a two-point favorite-ish uh, on a lot of different places against Ohio State. Which one of these lines or the totals do you like the most from a gambling perspective for college football? Well, the LSU-Oklahoma game took off pretty quickly. Uh, we saw some shops out in the desert open, LSU right around a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. The general public loves the Joe Burrow story. They've seen how dominant LSU has been going through the rigors of the SEC, and that's part of the reason the number has climbed close to two touchdowns. You look at the storylines around Oklahoma, some potential. They could be down a few starters for failed drug tests. We'll see what materializes there and how impactful that could be on the game. 
But you look at what I think is a potential national championship showdown. It's the game in prime time out in the Fiesta Bowl between Ohio State and Clemson. You think whoever wins that game will win the title? I do. I think as long as they can get out of that game with their health intact, knowing that they're going to have a full two weeks to repair, those two teams for me are the most complete because I love what they bring from an offensive dimension. I think the one question you have about Ohio State is how will they handle this type of setting without the experience? But if you get through the defending national champion in Clemson, I think you're brimming with confidence. And you can go into a game against LSU where Chase Young can be a disruptive force. Justin Fields can make plays with his arms and his legs. I mean, you look at his numbers this year, 40 touchdowns, one interception. That's incredible. I mean, numbers that we haven't seen since Marcus Mariota threw for 40 touchdowns, and even he had four interceptions then. So I think Ohio State, for the first time all year, can play the us-against-the-world mentality. They can take the underdog mantra. Clemson, now the favorite. They've moved from a one-point dog to a two-point favorite. And while you love Trevor Lawrence, I don't think he's thrown a pick since the second quarter of the Louisville game, or maybe the first. You look at their NFL-caliber wideouts and running backs, it's up to Brent Venables defensively. Can he confuse Ohio State? Can he make life difficult for a young quarterback? I've been bullish on the Buckeyes since I watched him in the middle of the year, and I actually think they're a little bit undervalued now where everybody keeps talking about Clemson's the team you don't want to play. Well, it's funny how one month ago we weren't really even talking about Clemson. They were untested. Let's see how they fare when they have to step up in class because we've talked about it at great lengths. They've been favorites of 15.5 points or more in every game. Yes, it speaks to their dominance, but it also speaks to the fact that they haven't had to go toe-to-toe other than against North Carolina, and they were a three-touchdown favorite in that game. They just played down to their competition. A lot of people say they want to gamble. How many hours a week do you think you work during football season to figure out which sides and totals you like? I mean, if you're looking at the full breakdown, I mean, people I'm sure are familiar with Malcolm Gladwell and they talk about the 10,000 hours. That's about as big a wife's tale as there is because until you're in the 100,000 hour range, you're not getting anywhere close. I mean, in a given day, I'm constantly sitting at my desk, looking at the odd screen, trying to find articles, going through numbers. I mean, it becomes a 10 to 12 hour day, Monday through Friday, and essentially Saturdays and Sundays. Thankfully, I don't have a wife and kids that take away from some of the viewing. I'm up at the crack of dawn on the West Coast at 5 a.m. trying to get the best of the numbers for things I need to secure on game day. And I'm not shutting things down until those Mountain West games wrap up about 11 o'clock Pacific and you run it back on Sunday watching every game you possibly can. And it's always one of those things, you know, how much do you trust your eyes when you watch the games versus looking in the numbers? It's a true balancing act. But unless you want to commit 80 plus hours to doing this and take it seriously, I mean, it is a very difficult proposition and one that appears much more glamorous to the outside than what it is in the day to day grind. How we're talking to Todd Furman. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. You can also watch him on Lock It In daily uh, with me and Todd, uh, Todd Furman and Rachel Bonetta and Cousin Sal on the show on FS1. How has your job changed since the Supreme Court allowed states to legalize individual state sports gambling? Has it increased the amount of attention? Has it increased the overall audience? What have you seen in the couple of years, basically, since that ruling? It's definitely increased the overall attention and the size and scope of the gambling space. But in my opinion, it's also placed more of an emphasis on me to try and be as authentic as I can and provide content in a different manner. I mean, you look around anywhere on the internet, Twitter, wherever you may go to try and get your information, there are so many people that want to masquerade as gambling experts that don't understand the X's and O's. They want to pound their chest, uh, <coughs> Clay Travis, when they happen to go 10-0 and in a given weekend, knowing that that variance and regression monster is right around the corner. So it's a long-term process, and you can't just look at a short-term snapshot. But I think as a result, it's up to the consumer to figure out where they're going to go, how they're going to 
ingest the content that's out there because the reality of it is there's a charlatan at every turn looking to try and fleece you for a dollar here or a dollar there. And I think it's up to someone who spent time in the trenches behind the counter, knows the X's and O's, knows a lot of the players to be as informative as possible and make sure that some of those misconceptions uh, and some of that mystique or that aura, however you want to try and use it, particular word choice, gets broken down and people begin to understand exactly what it means to be a sports better. But I encourage a lot of folks out there, treat sports betting as a form of recreation, no different than you would your golf. You know, obviously bet within your means. And if you happen to break even or make money, that's great. But if you lose money, assuming it's money that you can afford to lose, that's the best case scenario. I just always worry about the amount of stories we see about people chasing, you know, eight and 10 team parlays, the big bets that are out there. And I think there's uh, going to be a balancing act in the next year or two, let's call it five years, where books are going to figure out how they want to position, what kind of products they want to offer to their various players, and how journalists at large want to cover the space because the true reality of gambling isn't all that sexy and it really doesn't sell the sizzle. It's a lot of picks, but picks are only a tip of the iceberg. So how would you tell people to get informed? Because I I feel like there are a lot of guys listening to us right now that are somewhat interested in gambling, but also it can be intimidating to acknowledge how little you actually know. And I'll I'll, I'll use a story. I mean, uh, when I first started gambling, uh, I didn't know the difference between plus and minus, right? Like, I mean, I think that's something that's very common for people out there. And certainly as you move into other sports, I think people understand football a little bit easier than they do gambling on, let's say, baseball or hockey or other sports where the money line becomes more of, a, of an integral factor. How would you tell people to, before they start actually placing wagers, kind of understand exactly what they are wagering? I mean, I think it's a great question, and you're 100% right when you talk about money line wagering and what that entails versus just a point spread, where we've grown accustomed to risking $11 to win 10 You understand that if a six-point favorite, you're betting them they have to win the game by seven points or more. It's a lot different than betting a hockey game, where you may have to put up $1.40 to make a dollar coming back for a team to win a particular game. Uh, But there is a lot of good articles, and there is a ton of good content out there that's pretty informative. But I think the biggest thing, if I had to give one PSA, shy away from folks that are you know, touting, you know, astronomical win percentages, the best in the world strive to hit 55%. That break-even threshold is 52.38%. So if you're reading articles, you're watching videos, and people are talking about a 70 to 75% success rate, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen anywhere in the space unless there's smoke and mirrors or they're manipulating their numbers. So do the basic work, as you mentioned, understanding exactly what the plus and minus is, a little bit of the math in terms of what it takes at minus $1.10, but there's no such thing as a stupid question as people get more and more familiar and comfortable with it. It's not any different than the first time you go to your financial advisor and you don't know the difference between a bond and a mutual fund and a stock. You're going to look at your portfolio and your prospectus. You're going to try and figure out how you get that 5 to 7% return. And for a lot of sports bettors, if you're returning a 10% ROI for the year, that's tremendous. And I know it's probably speaking at a level that most of our listeners don't really care that much about. But just set aside money, tinker with your bankroll a little bit, uh, and never put too much money at stake. The general rule of thumb is that you never want to have what we call 5% or 3 to 5% of your bankroll in any particular game. So if you break that down, you have $1,000 set aside. You know, you never want to bet more than 50 bucks on a game because it'll allow you to endure some of the variance that's there. And no matter how good or how bad you are, you're going to have a 10-0 stretch just like you're going to have an 0-10 stretch. It's just a lot more frustrating that when you start, if you go 0-10, it's a lot different than if it comes after your first 10,000 bets. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting, too, is the... Uh you were just hitting on, and I think this surprises a lot of people. If you win 55% of your bets, it's like batting 400 
in in baseball, right? I mean, that would be an incredible stretch to be able to win consistently 55% of your bets. I don't think most people understand that. Kind of put into perspective how, like, and that means that you're losing 45% of the time. And the biggest challenge with it is the mental toll it takes. I mean, you've seen it firsthand having been in the space. When you follow a sport or you think you understand the players and you subject yourself to some of the end-of-game variants, whether it's a fumble like we saw in the Falcons 49ers game for those that had an under ticket. That hit the over because the ball rolls into the end zone on the final play of the game on a throwback. Exactly, and it doesn't mean it was a bad bet. It was a good bet that lost, and the similar situation that if you had the Redskins plus seven against the Eagles, Dwayne Haskins running around like a chicken with his head cut off, the Eagles are able to return a fumble. And that becomes the biggest challenge because you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't want to scrap the entire process. You go, I was on the right side of a bet for 59 minutes and 59 seconds. I just didn't happen to win it. And I know a lot of people, especially through the social spheres, don't care. It's all about wins and losses. But don't let good habits go to waste because you're getting bad results. It's better that scenario plays out than you build bad habits because you're getting confirmation bias. And what I mean there is you're taking bad numbers, you're betting games, and thinking luck element is something that you somehow were able to control. And I it's kind of what I'm going through right now on Lock It In. I mean, it's it becomes a joke, and we have fun with it. But if I'm taking three and a half like I did on the show last week with the Chargers, the game closes one, that whole game swings on one Phillip Rivers miscue at the end of the first half. It snowballs, and yeah, the optics look bad, and it sounds like I'm crying over spilled milk when you lose by four touchdowns, but that's how gambling works. And I think the biggest challenge with all of this is the mental gymnastics you go through as a recreational better, let alone as a professional, going, hey, you can't chase, you have to live to fight another day, and it's easier to get out of a small pothole than it is to dig yourself out of the Grand Canyon. Good stuff as always, Todd Furman. Go follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. Watch him on Lock It In with me. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We are joined now by Jeff Schwartz, who uh, is actually here with me in the L.A. studio. Uh, Usually he joins us uh, remotely from Charlotte, but we both happen to be in Los Angeles right here and now. Uh, And so first of all, Jeff, thanks for hanging out with us. Secondly, let's dive into this, uh, this NFL picture in general as we come down the stretch of the playoffs. So I got my top five and bottom five. I did the show starting off with it right here. I think most people would agree the Ravens are the best team in the NFL right now. Who's the second best team? So I I think it's probably the Saints. And here's why I'll tell you the Saints. Obviously, the loss of Niners wasn't very good. But if you look at the NFC teams, Niners, Seahawks, and obviously the Saints, the Saints have the most experience in this moment, which I think is very important. Right, The Seahawks have Russell Wilson and I think Bobby Wagner, maybe Wright, who've been through this before, where the other you know the other players haven't been. The Niners have almost nobody. Richard Sherman and Staley, the left tackle, who has kind of gone far in the playoffs. No one else has. The Saints have been here before. They know what this feeling is like. They know how playing the playoffs and the energy, the emotions of dealing with a playoff game is. And if the Seahawks beat the Niners in Week 17, the Saints have home field throughout the playoffs because they won the tiebreaker against the Seahawks. And the Saints are 6-1 and one at home in the playoffs with Drew Brees. The one loss was the Rams game last year, which, sorry. I lost $30,000 on that game. <laughs> uh, uh, otherwise, they're undefeated at home in the playoffs. So to me, it's the Saints who are also very healthy. This is important this time of year, right, is the health of teams, and the Niners are beat up right now. The Saints are not. The Saints are relatively healthy. They're rolling right now. Obviously, Breeze set the record the other night for touchdowns, and it's um, it's it's fun to watch them play. All right, so 
we talked about Monday night and how good Drew Brees looked. Peyton Manning has five uh, MVPs. Tom Brady has three. Aaron Rodgers has two. Drew Brees has never won an MVP award. Have we totally underrated Drew Brees, or is he just a victim of being in this era of great quarterbacks where he's been excellent for a long time, but maybe just not as good as Brady, not as good as Manning? He's a top, arguably a top five guy all time. He's just not better than either of those guys. That's kind of been my thing with Brees, right? Is that he's never been the best in his position. I don't think he's ever been. And he's you know, he's won. I looked it up today. He's won a single All Pro one year, first team All Pro. He's never been the best at his position in any given year, um, minus you know obviously that one year. That's not his fault. It's not his fault. Um, but also, I think success in the playoffs matters when we talk about all time quarterbacks. Right, like Dan Marino, for example, has a great arm. Right, he sets all these records, but he doesn't win the playoffs. And again, the, the wins are not a quote unquote QB stat. But when you're one in five as a team on the road in the playoffs, that kind of falls on the quarterback and the head coach. And that's kind of Breeze has been, you know, he went seven and nine, three years in a row. Rodgers, Brady, these guys don't have losing seasons, especially when they're the starter. And so that I think holds Drew Brees back a little bit uh, because he hasn't doesn't have the postseason accolades, the all pros. Obviously, he's gonna make the Pro Bowl every year. So that holds him back compared, I think, to those guys. Um, but he's a great example of perseverance, of work ethic, just being a great dude, great NFL leader, seems like a great dad and husband. Um, He does it the right way, but that doesn't mean he's the best of all time. Having said that, Brady's at 42, Breeze is at 40. He's now set the passer rating for touchdowns. It seems to me like Breeze still has some time left, and and, and obviously he's younger than Tom Brady. He's, uh, you know, older, younger than, than Peyton Manning, too, but at 40, he seems like a pretty healthy 40. Would you agree with that in general? And if you were going over under on number of years remaining for Drew Brees, where would you set that number? I think that we're forgetting this year that he looks so good because he missed six weeks. And you, So he's healthier than he ordinarily yeah, would be. If you look at last year, he he declined as season went on. Like you saw in the second half of this year, just not the arm strength was not the same. The the movement of the feet, the kind of the crispness of his game, not the same. You can't load manage in the NFL. It'd be awesome if you Brady could take a month off, but you know you can't afford to lose games in the NFL. But I think a big part of Drew Brees' success this year is missing six weeks, and he might have, he might miss week seventeen if they clinch some something. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, and that's a, that's actually a really interesting angle. But also the way that he missed the six weeks. It's not like he was rehabbing an injury that's that significant in the grand scheme of things. It was his thumb, right? Yeah, so his a, rest of his body could stay healthy. If it was a lower body injury, then you might be like, oh, wow, that's not very good. But to your point, he was moving the whole time. He was going through the motion. We saw that video that Reggie Bush posted. Hopefully you haven't seen it yet. You go find it on social media where Breeze is, is going through the game. And if you actually go back, and I really watched about a month ago, they did um, one of those NFL Network shows on, on the Saints um, uh, championship season. And they said like during the bye week that year, Drew Brees came to the facility on Sunday at the time they would have played and did a two-hour mock game in his head on the field, which is what Reggie Bush showed him doing before the game. So he could do all that while he's rehabbing his thumb. So he stayed mentally crisp on, on Monday night. Like, it was, it was the efficiency was amazing. I mean, he was 29 out of 30. <laughs> it was like uh, he was playing a video game. And, and a lot of those, it wasn't like there were a lot of contested passes. It just was right on the mark perfectly thrown. He knew where to go with the ball right away. Indy was bringing pressure. didn't matter. And that's, I think, what he'll be remembered for most is this the efficient way he plays. You know, completion percentage, 
a single season record. He might set it again this season. And just the, the ease of his game. And how much you know is is that also playing inside right now in, in New England? It's cold. You know, right now in uh, in Green Bay, it's cold. You know, Kansas City, Mahomes just put up 340 in the snow, but Breeze doesn't have to ever play those games. Never has to play outside late in the season. Um, and if he does, typically it's, it's a division game. It's in Carolina, so it's not it's not going to be always it's not going to be that cold in those games. Even though we did play it one year, it was 22 degrees. The Saints, coldest game ever. I remember weird stuff like that, like coldest game ever in in, in Big American history. Drew didn't even play that year. It was the year they won the Super Bowl. They were resting everyone. That, by the way, is the weirdest game of all time. So. People think the NFL players try hard every week. They do not. <laughs> so, by the way, you're a former NFL yes. player, in case people forget. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. Uh, you played eight years in the NFL, I think, offensive yeah. line. So you're saying they don't try hard every single no, game. No, I have two I have two good stories about that. In, in both same year, 2010. We're playing the Ravens in 2010. We're starting a quarterback that we that we started that came to our program on Tuesday. Yeah. Brian St. Pierre came on Tuesday, started him Sunday. Okay. Imagine that. Imagine that. All right. The Ravens on defense were BSing, right? It was Haloti. Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, it was all their dudes, right? 2010. They were just BSing, okay? They weren't playing hard, toying with us. So we scored a touchdown to go up, uh, go down like 20, I think it was like 20, let's say 2013. How, how could you tell they were not they trying hard on I'll, defense? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Yeah. You, you'll get, so we scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. We're down now 20, 30, 20 to 13, uh, or seven. I think it was whatever. We're down seven. Um, then. They get a three and out. So we get the ball. Oh my God. We might win. And we're two and 10 at this point. We might win this game. Um, Ed Reed picks the ball off a couple passes later. He runs half the way. He flips it to his buddy who runs the rest of the way for touchdowns. Now, so now down 14. The very next play, the very next play from the 20 yard line, Ray Lewis ran the route for the tight end, picked off, ran it to the house. So what a game was seven points. Now, now we're down 21 points and out of two freaking plays. Yeah. Like they just went hard all of a sudden. Um, and then the Saints game, you know, they they already clinched the number one seed. And I remember, like, they played Mark Brunel. They were down, like, three points in the last seven minutes, just ran the ball eight times and went home. Like, they, no one wanted to win that game. And I, you just weren't playing hard. Like, it, it was it was under, kind of understood on our angle, too. Like, okay, we're not going to try to hurt them. Like, we're not, like, they have a playoff game coming up, and let's just make sure we get out of here. No one gets hurt because we don't want to be hurt. We're done for the season. We don't want to have to stay and do rehab. It was a weird. It was a weird vibe. Like we're all playing. We're hitting each other. But we're also like not trying to hurt each other and not trying to do extra stuff. Um, and this is going to get you know. There's a, there's like seven games this weekend that are really bad. And <laughs> that's what's going to happen. You, a lot of guys towards the end of the year, if you know your team is done. Are you thinking I just kind of want to preserve my body and be healthy in the off season? Like, is that in the back of your mind? Like, if you're if your team right now is four and ten, right, and you know that you have a job, right? Yeah. You're not trying to the eye in the sky and trying yeah. to make sure that you have a job. Are you pulling up a little bit more than you might if your team were ten and four and you're playing for home field advantage? I think one hundred percent. And it's again, it's not just. It's just a little thing, right? Like, like maybe you just don't like if you're an offensive lineman, you, you know, you're not running downfield and pancaking a dude 25 yards downfield. Or if you're, you know, if you're a, a linebacker, you're not like, you know, you're not running downfield trying to deck somebody. I mean, like you're still doing your job. You're not looking stupid out there, but of course, because rehabbing in the off season is the most real thing ever. And to get hurt in week 17, have to stay. And a lot of us remember don't live in our cities. Now you're you're in Nashville. Most of the players I assume live in Nashville. I mean, it's a great city. Yeah. I, I most players that live in Charlotte, you know, playing in Charlotte, where I live, like they live in Charlotte. But like, no one's staying in Jersey or Buffalo or Green Bay or even Minneapolis. Too cold. Everyone's leaving. They leave all the northern cities, going south. So no one wants to stay and do their rehab. So that that's why, like this time of year, 
it's hard to gamble in these games because you know who like Giants. It's like it's like bowl games. Yeah, in college football. Yeah, well, I mean Giants Redskins this weekend. I mean, you have no clue what's like, going to happen. Like, why even? Like, no idea. Because, like, is Daniel Jones back? Is he going to play hard? Is Dwayne Haskins like who's like? How do you? So you like, this time of year is you know, the bowl games. Is the bowl game? You just take the money line. There's no reason to bet. The, there's no reason to bet to bet the, the the number at all in this game. I mean, the bowl games are so up and down. You know who's same with the bowl. You don't know who's playing hard, who cares, who doesn't care. And then we value these games so much. Bowl games, right? You know, UCF, and then they beat Auburn one time. It's just it's wild. Okay, so you like uh, the Saints in the NFC. How sustainable, this is a big question that's been going on all year, is the Ravens' offense, and will it look different? They're clearly the favorite in the AFC. Will they look different? Is the speed in the playoffs different than it is in the regular season? How, if at all, will their offense change as they move into the postseason? We're going to find out this weekend, and maybe next weekend the Ravens have to play, when you play them a second time, what happens? We saw last year what happens with the Chargers. And 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 the Ravens changed their offense around to to kind of defeat that 3-3-5 three, three, G defense. And they got bigger and stronger. So they can just run over those people. They didn't have that 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 that, that they, they couldn't do that last year in Chargers. So playing them a second time, every team they're gonna face, what what uh Chiefs, but basically the Chiefs, Chiefs are Patriots. They've already seen them once. And the Chiefs won that game. Um, you know, the sustainability argument's interesting. You you've mentioned this. I've and the reason why we were kind of off the Ravens is because we were thinking more long term, right? Like long term. But if they win a Super Bowl this year, who cares? Like, I mean, I kind of, I kind of come around to like if they win a Super Bowl this year, who cares if it works for five years? Because they've won their ring, like all that matters. Um, but we we should see something different. I think the Chiefs have the best chance to beat them because they can score on offense. We often talk about Lamar Jackson and what he does offensively, but. You have to score points on this team to kind of get them uncomfortable. They, they haven't played behind in any game. I mean, the Niners, I think, scored, yeah, Niners went 7 nothing. The Ravens forced a turnover and went 7 7. They've never played from behind a lot this season. The Chiefs can score. The Chiefs, I think, are the toughest out. Even though New England, if they just catch the football on offense, they're going to be fine. And that's why you can never count them out in the, in the postseason. Uh, okay, we're talking to Jeff Schwartz. You can follow him on Twitter at G-E-O-F-F-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Uh, we are breaking down everything NFL as we work towards the postseason. You mentioned how the difficulty can be trying to assess who's going to play and who's not going to play. It's possible in this scenario in the AFC between the Steelers and the Titans that both teams could end up playing against teams that don't care in the final week. In other words, if the Ravens beat the Browns this weekend, the Ravens are your number one seed. It doesn't matter what happens the final week. Surely they would wrestle more. If the if the uh, Texans beat the Bucks this weekend, they win the AFC South. They are pretty much locked in as the four seed, and it wouldn't really matter there unless the Chiefs potentially lost a game, and then they could be playing for seeding. If you are on, let's start here with the. Let's pretend you're on the Texans, and let's pretend you're on the Ravens. You're coaching. Is there any way you're playing any of your key players in that scenario? If you've won your division, you know you're the one seed if you're the Ravens. You know at minimum you're the four seed, and you would need the Chiefs to lose again in order to move up right in the playoffs yeah. if you're the Texans. And the Chiefs will have the Chargers at home in Week 17. Now, they, you know, the Chiefs could lose this weekend to the Bears on Sunday Night Football. It could be a weird game, weird weather. We'll see. If you're the Texans, uh, absolutely not. You don't want to put Deshaun Watson in danger. Also, like just you're playing the next week, so it's basically a bye week. Like, yeah, take your bye and go play next week. Yeah. Um, if you're the Ravens, I can understand playing Lamar a half. Is that because you're off for two weeks? Yeah. You're, otherwise, you're, yeah, you're off, for, and, and they've never been in this situation before. I could see them just giving two weeks, but their offense is runs in a way where you 
kind of don't need to have like quote unquote momentum heading into the postseason. Like you just run it in two weeks. So I would say that if I was the Ravens, I could see them playing them, but Texans should not play do not play anybody um, at all. And just, you know, it, it, no, they shouldn't. Okay, so of those two teams, let's pretend you're the Titans, let's pretend, pretend you're the Steelers, and you're looking ahead into the postseason. Is there any doubt that a team that we're playing, let's say it's the Chiefs, would much rather play, and maybe, I don't know, you you tell me, would they rather play the Steelers or the Titans? Would the Chiefs rather play? Yeah. The Steelers, because they can't move the ball on offense. I mean, it's just because the, and, they're, they're, and, and I think the Titans and I know they lost him already this year, and the Titans struggled defensively in that game. They, a bunch of guys were hurt, um, and that was Tannehill's. What it was early in Tannehill's little, little experiment. Um, the reason why you wouldn't want to play the Titans if you're the Chiefs is they can run the football, and that's the Chiefs like kryptonite is running the football. Um, the Steelers just can't move the ball off, and Duck is not. Gonna I mean, that's an easy question, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that no, even though the Steelers have historically had success yes. against the Chiefs, so have, by the way, the Titans. But the call for yeah. you is yeah. easy. Yeah, why is Andy Reid like one and nine is for against the Titans? Yeah, for it's no, crazy. For no the only reason. team the Titans can beat in a big game is the Chiefs. And and remember the playoff game where Mariota caught his own touchdown. Yes, Jeff Triplett ruled forward progress as he's in the middle of getting hit. Like that was, we thought that was the worst call I've ever seen in my life. I mean, there's been a lot of bad calls. But to call forward progress on a quarterback that was just in the air at the time is—it's just yeah. The Titans and they win weird games with the Chiefs. The, the game this year was crazy, a block kick and a late Ryan Tannehill touchdown. Um, the Chiefs' pass defense has been really good, so I think the Chiefs would rather see the Steelers. The Bills scare me in the playoffs. Now Josh Allen, I don't think is very good, but their defense, Bills' defense, is really good, really good. Um, the Chiefs, to me, they've they've had a weird vibe all year. I have not picked them to win a Super Bowl all year. My brother plays on that team. I think next year is their year. This year just has a weird vibe. Nothing's really gone. If their offense has sputtered for long periods of time. Things just don't seem totally right in Kansas City. Um, but again, they're the only team they can beat the Ravens. They're the only team that can do it, I think. Can you come back for one more segment, finish off hour two with yeah, us? Yeah. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their yokohama test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Clay Travis here with Jeff Schwartz as we finish off hour number two. I want to hit you with two big topics that are getting a lot of discussion. First of all, you've watched a lot of NFL film over the years. You've prepped for a lot of games. Do you believe it matters, uh, the video that the uh, the Patriots took on the sideline, or is this an overblown story? It's an overblown story, but it matters because it's the Patriots, right? So let's get a couple of things straight here. In 2019, there are no plays being signaled in. Everyone has radio communication. With the quarterback or with the— Or whoever's uh, on defense, yeah. like linebacker or or, or safety. Um, that's been a change since Spygate. When Spygate happened, it wasn't that way. So I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm a why guy. So yeah. I'm thinking to myself, why would they do this? All right? So Spygate made sense. You're filming the Jets, who was at that time really good. You're in your division. You play them every single year, twice a year. And you're doing that to— see their signals, and then give them off. You know, they kind of try to match it up and get get a slight edge. The why here doesn't make sense. You didn't, you're not getting anything from this video. And you already know the scrutiny is going to be on you if you do this again. And, you know, the it doesn't seem worth the squeeze. The juice does not seem worth the squeeze in this, in this instance. So the question becomes, what are we missing here? And maybe we're missing that the Patriots just like breaking rules. Like maybe Robert Kraft is just, just likes... 
being a rule breaker. And maybe Bill Belichick likes breaking the rules, right? And maybe that's what this is. Maybe they get off on winning and also breaking the rules. I mean, I, I can't think of another reason why they would do this. But the again, risk reward is not worth anything here, right? No, the risk not. far exceeds the right. reward. And and to choose this game and to be credentialed and do this like while you're being credentialed, which seems very silly. And maybe we're just all stupid. Maybe they're all in on it and they're trying to find one little edge they could find. But again, there was nothing on the video. The, if this was, if the video was muted and you didn't hear the the panic sound of the video guy, yeah. you're, you're, that, you're that, that's my thing. Is like you have kids and your kids are young, so they're probably not on iPads or whatever else <laughs> yet, uh, or at least not in dangerous ways right. using iPads. But if you walk up on your kid and they immediately see you looking over their shoulder and they're like, "Oh my, I'll delete it." Like, you know that you did something that you shouldn't have done, right? And that's what seems suspicious to me. So I do think it's possible that this videographer was acting outside the normal bounds of his job, and he thought he was getting something that could be useful, and he was going to take it to somebody at the Patriots. But I think the odds that they told him to do that are low. Yeah, I did a podcast with Matt Chatham, who who does – he's playing the Patriots, also does – some in-house work. I mean, he even told me so he, he collects a check from Craft Media. Like yeah. he's part of this group, and he said this videographer would in no way ever talk to Bill Belichick. Like there'll be no chance yeah. he ever talks to him. And so the idea that obviously you play telephone all the way down to him as possible. And your point is maybe just, but also remember that again they could always be fooling us with the reason why they were doing this whole segment. It could have been all to get this stuff, but if it really was, hey. We're gonna show you what the scout sees from the box. Then this was this video was for that. Again, could be a long con, but again, I just have trouble believing. And maybe it's my fault that the NFL and some of the teams are so stupid. And and I go back to some of the Colin Kaepernick stuff. Like I expected the NFL to handle it a certain way, and they just they keep screwing it up. And maybe they're just more net than we think they are. And and I come back to that too. It's like maybe yeah, that's always an interesting question. Like. If you have the choice to choose between nefarious evil intent or incompetence, incompetence is more likely to be the reason why something happens. Yeah, which is weird because you know when you, when you dig deeper in the NFL, like obviously they make a ton of money and they have TV rights and all this stuff, but they make some silly decisions. And it's like they get bailed out because their product is so good and, and you know they're so team oriented versus you know the NBA is so star oriented. So they they're not gonna have issues, right? Teams are fans are aligned to teams. But they make some silly decisions sometimes. You're like, why? You guys are supposed to be smart businessmen. Why are you making these decisions? And so maybe Robert Kraft and Belichick, and they just like to cheat, and they like to, like they like to, and they're look, they're gonna get fined. They'll be, you know, they'll be um, punishment. Suspending feels too much. But I don't. Know, I just feel like if this was like the Jets doing it, you'd be like, whatever, move on. What do you think? Okay, so that's the drama of the uh, of the Patriots. What do you think about the Browns' dysfunction? <laughs> so let's pretend that you are right now working with the Browns. How would you assess the current status of their organization? Should Freddie Kitchens keep his job? Uh, do you try and keep Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr.? What is your plan going forward into the offseason? Because I think it's pretty clear, even if people don't think Baker played well, you can't move on from Baker Mayfield. You have to try to build around him for the next couple of years and find out if he's the answer as your number one overall pick. But I would say almost everything else is up for grabs. What would you do if you were part of the Browns to the extent they have one brain trust? Well, that's the problem is they have owners that are incompetent. I mean, they don't, well, they, and that's a big part. Remember back in the day when uh, when Tennessee fans rose up and, and protested the hiring of Greg Schiano? You. Yeah, well, there's a lot of Tennessee <laughs> fans involved too. But 
it was a big reason why is Jimmy Haslam, who runs the Browns, is the biggest booster making decisions at the University of Tennessee, yeah. too. So if you watch the Browns and you're like, ah, this doesn't really seem like a well-run organization, do you want that guy dictating for a major college program, yeah. too? A lot of Tennessee fans said, no, we don't. I love that you – I hope you and Joel Klatt never end your feud over this. I just hope it goes on for never. forever and ever. Every time you guys see each other, you have to talk about it. Um, you know, I the ownership's a, a bad a bad issue in Cleveland, but Freddie Kitchens is just a bad coach. Um, you think he's in I, over his head, or what do you I think? I thought all season he was in over his head. Think about this. The guy had never been a candidate anywhere else. Never interviewed for a head coaching job. He had never been an OC until Hugh Jackson got fired. Never been in that role. He wasn't even the head coach last year. It was Greg Williams who turned the, who turned the program around. You hired him because Baker Mayfield liked him. Really? I mean, really, John Dorsey? You hired him for that reason. He's been way over to discipline issues, obviously. And, and look, I bet on the Browns this week because I thought, look, Browns are playing better. You know, Arizona's, Arizona sucked. Arizona's not any good. And the Browns completely no show. They don't know how to use their personnel right. They don't use Nick Chubb in the right amounts. Baker Mayfield has terribly regressed. All their players want out. They're all asking to leave. Um, but if you're John Dorsey and you're the GM, this is your mess, right? You created this. You've been there for three years now. You traded for Odell. You traded for Landry. You hired Kitchens. You drafted Mayfield. If you dismantle the team, you're admitting to ownership that you have messed up. And so I think Freddie Kitchens keeps the job. I don't, and also, if you're a reputable coach, why do you want this job? You have a quarterback who doesn't seem to get it. Just he has, I guess this Saturday, he has more commercials than he has wins this season. Like, come on, dude. Like, you have a quarterback who doesn't really get it. You have a, a diva wide receiver group. I think Odell and Jarvis are great players. I just, I don't see, I don't think they're going to actually do anything. I think they're going to keep it as is. Do you think, and, and here's the challenge, too. If Odell and Jarvis are both saying, hey, we want out. Do they actually have much trade value at this point? I mean, how many teams? I mean, they, the Browns gave up a lot to get Odell Beckham Jr., right? How many teams would be willing, in your mind, to give up a first-round pick for Odell Beckham now? Patriots. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you might find a desperate team. Assuming, assuming that Brady comes back, well, but if Brady doesn't yeah. come back, then the Patriots wouldn't right. do it either. And I wrote about Brady not, not coming back. I mean, it's, it's a distinct possibility. It'd be, it'd be a talking point all the way until till March. Um you know, you look at, like, the Niners. I mean, there's some teams that, that that if you feel like you're one piece away at wide receiver, you have your quarterback, you have your defense. I mean, what if what if the Saints took a first-round pick and gave it? You know, they had Michael Thomas, Odell. You know, they, they don't need a first-rounder next, first next year. You could get Odell, and you know he's already good. A team that's already really good could but, make sense. But, like, but Odell has now continued to show the same behavior. Like, what happens if he goes to New Orleans – and Michael Thomas still is getting 100 catches a year, and Jared Cook's getting 75, and he's just not getting – is he then going to be a malcontent again? So I think you worry about that from Odell. But there's plenty of teams that I think would trade a first-round pick for him. Um, but then again, you admit, you, you admit defeat if you're John Dorsey, that this is not working. I feel like if you admit that, you might as well get fired. And I think that's the challenge in general, is trying to figure out what exactly is going to happen there. All right, last question for you. Um well, I got a couple more really quick for you. So, uh, who would be your Super Bowl pick right now as we sit the week before Christmas? There's two weeks left in the yeah. NFL season. Who do you think will be there from the NFC and the AFC? So, I'm going with the Saints in the NFC. And look, I, I have a very simple rule I don't bet against the Patriots. I'm going to New England. Like, I, I, I just don't do it. You, you don't do it until they're dead. I think Baltimore's better. I think Kansas City's better than them. But are you telling me that? You're taking. You're going to bet against Tom Brady in a playoff game. I'm not doing it, folks. He hasn't lost like a playoff game since like 2009. I mean, like it's you know, 20. I think 2015 was the last year he lost a a non Super Bowl. 
Look, he doesn't. And that was the Peyton Manning on the road. I mean, like he doesn't lose playoff games, especially at home. I, I just, I'm not betting against the Patriots. All right, uh, we're talking to Jeff Schwartz. Final question for you: We're a week from Christmas, I believe, right? Uh, exactly one week. Today is the 18th. Exactly one week from today, Christmas. I know a lot of you out there driving around in your cars. You're well aware of this. How do you balance out? the Jewish traditions of Christmas <laughs> with also having a non-Jewish wife. Cause I see you on social media, you got the tree, you got the stockings, you got everything that's going on. seems to me like your kids are getting to double dip on, on Christmas and on Hanukkah. I'll give you a great, a great uh, little inside information here. All those boxes in the tree, they're just empty. <laughs> Is that actually true? Yes. They're all, there's empty like Amazon boxes. Oh, my wife funny. wrapped up to look like they're, uh, their presents. So my wife, my wife uh, likes a tree, but we give the kids one present on Christmas. And Hanukkah is the same time this year as Christmas too. Um, Christmas is way more fun than Hanukkah. Like I mean, most Jewish holidays are about like just despair and like overcoming despair, right? I mean, <laughs> right. Christmas is a fun is a fun holiday. The kids enjoy it. Um, but my and, w- and there are a lot of people out there. Let me sorry to cut you off, but there are a lot of people out there who celebrate Christmas that are not particularly religious right. for that exact reason like because it's it's, it's fun, right? It's, there are other people yeah. obviously listen to us who are extremely religious, and that's fine too. But there is a non-religious component to the consumerism of American culture where people just dive into the fun of Christmas. Yeah, and and it's it's uh, it, it's fun. I mean, we watch. You know, we watch Elf and like you know we, we enjoy Christmas movies and I don't really like the the music but um, my kids my kids enjoy they know they're Jewish I mean my, we go to Hebrew school my son's in Jew and my daughter's in, in Jewish preschool I mean they know they're Jewish um, this you know the the teacher at elementary school they're celebrating Hanukkah this week I believe at school to you know to show the, the tradition to other kids um, but one last thing my wife too is um, kind of OCD ish in this manner she doesn't like stuff to sit in certain places and she moves stuff all the time so the tree. The last two years has not made it to like Christmas, basically. So last year's on the side of the road, December twenty third. So it looked like you guys were yes. getting divorced yes. or something, yeah, because, or moving. Because last it's year, like it's like the situation with Jimbo Fisher. Yes, do you remember when yes. like he threw the tree outside? <laughs> yes. and everybody's like, "Well, he's gone. He's not staying here. He doesn't even have a tree in his <laughs> and house." He, and anymore. he did leave, which yeah, is the best part. Yeah. No, because last year we, we get it, we get it on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving because my dad's in town, so we carry it's a thirteen foot tree. We carry it with us, and so. She just got tired of it. She's like, I'm, it's because she has to, we have to water it, you know, like make sure, like, it's real, make sure water and like all this stuff. The first year it made it till Christmas morning, like 8 a.m. She dragged it out. She drags it by herself, too. That's pretty so funny. She just dumps it down and drags it out. So, um, because I'm the, I'm the, uh, the Jew who works radio on Christmas. So, like, I'll do like NFL radio and series. Like, I, like, I, if you had a, because otherwise yeah, you go get Chinese food and yeah, watch a movie. Because I think I'm doing your show, what, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday that week, I think, because you're out. Or Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday, Tuesday, I think. Thursday. I, Wednesday, I think we're doing a best of uh, on yeah, Christmas. Yeah, so like if that was if that was in, I'd do that. I mean, like that's my role as Jew in the media. Yeah. So it's your uh, day to take yeah, over. Yeah, my day to take over. So um, it's still it's a work day for me. I miss the bowl game that used to be. They used to have the Loa Bowl on Christmas. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. Now it's NBA on Christmas. I miss. Uh, I'm not ready for basketball to, to take over yet. Uh, outstanding stuff as always. Jeff Schwartz hanging out with us here in LA. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.